if I just become an obnoxious stereotype? I think if we became obnoxious stereotypes yeah. uh, on the record, not just yeah. before we start recording, yeah. like we are now. All right, okay. Um, Is that a warning? Yeah. Please don't say anything. I have to edit it out later. Uh, I think if, if we were more obnoxious and controversial than we already are, mm. then then we might get more listeners. I find it um, highly unlikely. People don't crave controversy at all, do they? No. Do I sound like... Uh, I'm, I'm quite worried about this recently, that I on this podcast and on the other one I go on a bit about wanting more listeners mm. and I don't feel in my heart like I need that sort of validation but, but clearly you feel, you feel like it in your mouth I feel yeah in my you mouth you want to be validated in your mouth I feel differently in my mouth yeah yeah I want I, I want people to squirt validation into your mouth into my mouth yeah. socket I don't think the number of listeners is the problem at all is it no no I think it, I might be the problem Yep, almost certainly. I was having a conversation with someone about Snark in fandom. Okay. Uh, I, strictly speaking, this isn't any of the podcasts. This is a meta, a meta podcast thing. A meta, meta. A meta, meta. But I was talking to someone online the other day about uh, Snark in podcasting and in comic fandom and how I really dislike it because mm. they were saying they really dislike it. I think it was Mark Lamming who was saying very nice things about our podcast, family of podcasts. Okay, and and I said, what a dysfunctional family it is. Yeah, and I said, I think, uh, I, I I think, yeah, I think it was mainly my influence. I the first when I first got involved with Mom, mm. I made a big deal about like there being no snark and like getting rid of all of that. And uh, I remember having, sorry, if you don't mind me putting in, I remember having a very long conversation with you in a pub beer garden. Um, I think the cricketers, mm, um, and I remember you talking uh, about the site, and we hadn't really this first time we'd ever met. And I thought, fuck me, I've given him the book. When's this guy going to go away? <laughs> <laughs> and he wouldn't. Um, <laughs> and I remember having a really long conversation with you about the, the the stuff on the site. And Snark was kind of our stock in trade at the time. And, and lists. I, and I did stock and trade lists. It got a lot of hits. Yeah. <laughs> what can you do? You got, it, it gets a lot of validation, mate. If you're seeking validation, Snark and lists all the way. But it's also, not only is it link bait, not only does it get you a lot of hits. And, and we, I, I dream about the days when we used to get... Those sort of hits, because that, that's a long time ago now. Yeah. We don't really get that. But it's easy to write. It's not even when you don't mean it. We used to um, snark on Bomb Queen a lot, and I've not yeah. even read it just because it, it, it was easy to do. And he said, uh, one of the things I remember, he said, well, remember, you know, it's a very small community. You know, what if they produce something you like one day and you want to talk to them and they're like, well, no, you you slagged off something I did, I remember you. And remember, it's art and they've worked on it and... Anyway, sorry, I've interrupted no, no, you're right, you. But, but it was a really big moment for me in terms of discussing art. The, the worrying thing, though, is that I realised midway through that conversation that by most measurable metrics, I was a fucking idiot. Because... The the amount of traffic and hits, not yeah. that it's all about traffic, but the amount of mm. validation mm. that site got 
before I came along and destroyed yeah. everything. In that year, in that year, we existed before Bleeding Cool existed. When we were getting all those hits, and then it all went downhill after you got involved. Got involved, and then bleeding. I, I lost my motivation to write. Um, no one really writes because it's too difficult to yeah. write positive stuff. And now look at Bleeding Cool's an industry. Rich Johnson's a multi-millionaire. Billion, I think. Yeah, I think multi, he's billion. multi-billionaire. He's actually bought Richard Branson's floating island. Um, and look at us. But is he happy, though? Yeah, he looks yeah, he pretty, looks happy. pretty yeah, happy, doesn't he? he pretty happy. <sighs> What's the moral, Nick? I'm an I'm an idiot. No, I yeah. get it. I get it. I no, I realised that. Mm. I was I was concerned when you started uh, being all nice about it that maybe yeah. my revelation would be lost in it. I was wrong. I'm sure there's a middle ground because I listen to. There are a couple of podcasts I listen to. There's one um, that's about films, not about comics, called Travis Bickle on the Riviera which uh, is hosted by a guy called Tucker Stone, whose name I always remember because it's amazing, and another person. And it's got I, a lovely feel. It's got the same sort of feel in your mouth as uh, Shaka Khan. Yeah, exactly like Shaka Khan. Tucker Stone feels good in my mouth. And, um, and I listen to that podcast, and he gets really angry and doesn't have the slightest problem tearing things a new hole. Mm. And uh, and uh, I, but not in a practical way because mm. having a new hole, strictly speaking, would be quite practical. But somewhere where it wouldn't even be useful. Um, and and I listen to him and I think, wow, I, I really this uh, this guy basically talks how I think now that I'm going I'm getting angrier again mm. as a human being. Mm. Um, and admittedly, he's very talented, but at the same time, uh, his anger draws me to this and his meanness sometimes meanness is quite like it's popular isn't it people like it he's really clever it is but i also think you need to be very careful about it we 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 operate in the comic book community which is really small big comic books sell what six figures at the most probably not even that most of the time i mean barely get the six figures a really big book international Mm. six figures Almost, you know, it's a relatively small sort of pool of people. They're not sort of, you know, they're not mo- famous, famous. Exactly, most of them are doing it because they're they're drawn to it and they love it. And you sort of, you have to be quite careful, I think, about the targets you you pick. If you're if you're slacking off Steven Spielberg, for example, he can take a couple of hits from uh, some dude on a podcast, you know. But if you're having a pop at some guy that's written a comic book. That's you know a first-time writer on an indie label. It is possible that a, a, a rinky-dinky little podcast could actually be quite damaging. You if could not, hurt someone's heart. Exactly. If not to the number of people who are going to buy it, but to like their motivation to carry on. So, so maybe I'm actually a visionary. No, they were the dudes with the the big um, holographic shields, weren't they? Wasn't they're sort of like pseudo. They're like futuristic knights, weren't they? Who who were the Mask Crusaders then? Because they were Crusaders. I thought they were visionaries. The visionaries had, were the guys. Who... They had the, the like the big shields on a pole. And they're like the holographic. The 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 shields on the pole would have like a hologram, wouldn't they? To right smack down the. But weren't they like so they, they were, were actual knights? knights. Yeah, I think so. Whereas Masked Crusaders were just guys in cars. I don't Maybe know. they were just called Masked. Oh, Masked. And the Crusaders was off the song. 
Maybe I remember Mask. Were they, were they um, ambiguous whether they were good or bad? I, I remember Mask, or as they all seemed a bit sinister. I think they were a paramilitary force. Yes, yeah, but I think at the time mm. that was played off as being quite good. Even back in the day, I was uh, wary of parliament. Even though we were encouraged to enjoy uh, pseudo military play, GI Joe, GI Joe, Star Action Wars, Man, Star Wars, very, very much. much. So, although we they're indo- terrorists, strictly speaking. Well, that's true. But we were indoctrinated in the ways of uh, war. We were the, indoctrinated. Um, that's what I said. Yes. Um, also, I like the Centurions. They weren't knights, they were Centurions. What, from Battlestar Galactica? No, they were these guys. They were basically masked crusaders, mm. but there were only three of them. And they'd, they'd run into battle because they were kind of action-packed anyway, but they had all of these holes in their outfit. And when they got into a particular <coughs> situation, they'd say, Power Extreme! And somehow, I don't know if it was some teleportation thing that was going on or, or something... Whatever situation they were in, they'd suddenly get all of these extra like a jet pack, like, yeah, I I remember or an undersea were, thing. I loved them. They were the coolest toys as well, because obviously it was all about the toys. Always, everything was back yeah. then. I'm bloody, not sure that things have really changed that. Bloody much. Transformers. Yeah, well, and He Man and all of it really, except well, no, in my day it was Battle of the Planets and Monkey, and I don't think there were toys of those. Oh, Battle of the Planets. I think we've covered this stuff before. Casey Kasem passed away didn't he i didn't know he did voices i only know him as um the guy who used America's to do the top american 10. top 10 yeah mm. but no shaggy i didn't even i didn't know that incredible i, I was listening to uh, one of the many kevin smith podcasts i listened to the other day really weird shit going on between him his ex-wife his wife and his and wife and his his family the whole because he had a sort of a uh, debilitating sort of dementia type mm. disease um, which meant that he needed full-time care his wife took him out of the care home he was at. Um, his his daughter won custody mm. from the courts. When he was picked up, she started throwing hamburger meat at them um, whilst uh, quoting biblical verse, which was a bit uh, worrying. Odd. Mm. Other people's families, eh? <laughs> it's ridiculous. No one in my family's ever thrown hamburger meat at anyone. No, we. I mean, we, it's too precious to us. Although I make my own hamburger meat with mince, breadcrumbs, Mixed herbs, paprika, onion, and garlic. No sawdust. Uh, that's the breadcrumbs. Oh, okay. You need to write that down. Put it in a thing. Oh, I should know it's barbecue season. I should write that one down for sure. I'm having a lot of trouble getting the mailing list together yeah, in a timely con- fashion. I should contribute to that occasionally. I'm really sorry. Uh, the last one went out, I think, Saturday night. Yeah, no, So I, they aren't really read. going out when I meant them to. I'm sorry, yeah. listener. It's good read, though. Um, Cheer me up, I had a busy weekend, I'm tired, I was tired, it was nice to relax and read that. When you mentioned Star Wars, yes, um, I was. I thought of you while I was listening to the Geek Syndicate podcast this week, because okay. there was a big chunk of it where they were talking about the Clone Wars cartoon. Yes. And how the thing you really realise from the Clone Wars cartoon okay. is that Jedi, the Jedi are douchebags and the clone guys are are pretty awesome. And that the em- the emperor is actually Emperor Palpatine is the pretty much the best villain of all time because he manages to control like a whole galaxy for about twenty years before anyone comes along and really causes him any problems. Bit like Saddam Hussein, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think he was uh, probably modelled on him. I uh, was talking to someone about Star Wars at work today, and it's um, how come that there's essentially you only come across one religion. Mm. Which is which is this sort of weird sort of non-atheist, non-atheistic um, 
Jedi faith. Yeah, yeah. No one else. No one else. It seems very secular. The the Star Wars galaxy. Otherwise, no one else really seems to have a faith to speak of. Do they? Do people not? Are there no? Are there no fake gods that people? No, they all just say by the may the force be, be with blah you. blah. Yeah. They don't. Nobody really. Yeah. And of course, the the Jedi are unpleasant. I mean, th- they spent a thousand years basically. They're policemen. Yeah, coercing people to using frigging magic tricks and laser swords to do what they wanted. How they let it go with it? I never really understood their trade dispute and something happened. And uh, I think you'd like the Clone Wars cartoon. <laughs> They're okay. I like them. I haven't seen I like them. them a fair deal. I, I just find that whole um, prequel universe where no one sounds the same as they... 20, 20 years go by, all of a sudden people don't sound Australian anymore. What the fuck is that all about? <laughs> in 20 years, the predominant um, accent in the galaxy becomes British. That's fucking weird, isn't it? It is a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, we watched... Uh, I watched... An American, obviously. When I was looking after Noah last Thursday, I watched, finally managed to watch Ponyo on the Cliff, ah. which is a lovely Miyazaki film, which I've had for ages, but I've never got round to watching. Um, have you seen it? Ponyo, no. It's very beautiful. It looked like Finding Nemo, so I didn't bother. It isn't really like Finding Nemo. It's very beautiful. It's about and a it, fish, though, isn't it? No, well, kind of. How and many at, fish films do you need to watch? And at times it's quite terrifying. Well, she's not really a fish. She's kind of... She very quickly becomes a bit more human-y. Oh, She's spoilers. got a person face, anyway, which is weird. So it's like The Little Mermaid. Um, it's it's like all of those films you're talking about, uh, even though you're trying to derail me. Um, but at the same time, it's quite up... There are quite scary bits when the sea starts rising. It's all quite terrifying. Mm. And at the same time, there's a load of weird stuff that isn't quite explained that I think is maybe environmental in nature, but never yeah. really is is quite explained. And then at the centre of it, there's what you think is a friendship and is kind of treated as a loving friendship, but at times seems to carry a lot more weight than that between a, a like an eight-year-old boy and a, a sort of uncertain aged fish creature. <laughs> okay. So uh, it, it, it's uh, so you're watching it and you're thinking, oh, that's cute, and then you're thinking, hmm, I'm I'm not sure how to feel about this because I don't think the love they're talking about is necessarily entirely platonic. I mean, they're not like doing stuff to each other, but what I mean is, it seems like romantic love at points. Okay. It's a, I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. I'm not sure I want to watch it then. You didn't uh, want to watch it anyway. <laughs> no, I, I really did. I I love um, uh, I love those films very much. The Ghibli films. Um, the the first film I remember Scarlett sitting through her and I together. In fact, we had Jane and Steve over. Was Howl's Moving Castle where she All just right. she sat through. Um, and before that, um, it was oh god, not Howl's Moving Castle. There's the dragons in it. The parents go missing. It's the Spirited weird, Away. Spirited Away. Yeah. I haven't she, seen that in ages, actually. She she genuinely loves them. She's absolutely captivated by them. Noah's mainly not interested except for bits where the music got really loud, like the score mm. takes over a little bit. Uh, but he just completely lit up 
during the the film finishes and then the credits roll and there's a little song because there's always a little song but on my version of it it's in Japanese but he just uh, he just suddenly totally brightened up and started dancing oh lovely he's he's going through um this podcast is notionally about two uh two men in their listener let's do a quick bit of admin okay listener this podcast uh, that you're listening to is called two grown men um it is notionally although sometimes we get a bit distracted about being men of a certain age, mm-hmm. that age being late 30s, early 40s. I can't say late 30-something anymore because I'm not anymore. And also being parents for very young children. Uh, James's daughter is four? She's four in a fortnight. Four in a fortnight. Um, my son is coming on for 11 months Goodness. old. And uh, and yes, so you can listen to all of our previous episodes. In many of them, we actually talk about the kids an awful lot more. We might do in a minute. You never know. I intend to. We had a big week. Oh, yeah, we had a big week as well. Yes, you can listen to all of the past episodes of this show. They are free to listen to, and there are lots of show notes for every single one of them, I think. You can listen to them at twogrownmen.net. That's the number two. Um, or you can find that same website at 2gm.co which is really tiny uh, and cute. I like that particular thing. I like tiny and cute particular things. <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense. Hi. Hi. You can uh, you can also leave us any comments. Uh, you can leave comments on each of those posts. You can also follow, uh, follow us on Facebook. There's a Facebook page. I don't know if you call it following or whatever, but there's a Facebook page that you can join on Facebook. For or two. like. Or like or whatever for Two Grown Men, uh, where we post uh, – when the episodes go out, it posts on there as well. You can leave comments on there. You can email us comments or questions or just anything, anything kid-related or anything our theme, the theme of whatever this podcast is about related to – what is it? 2gmpodcast at gmail.com. 2gmpodcast at gmail.com. That sounds about right. Mm. You can find there are links to all of these on the right-hand side of the website, 2gm.co as well. We like getting email, and we're actually not too bad at checking it now, I think, for the time being. I think that's one of our few email accounts that isn't completely snarled up by... WordPress registration and junk and stuff. Unbelievable. We're also on uh, Stitcher. woo and uh, obviously you can subscribe to us there or on iTunes or on any other podca- podcatcher of uh, note and some that are on, aren't of note. I completely forgot where that sentence would normally go. And you can also listen to us on SoundCloud. If you do listen to us in any of those places, please do leave comments. And uh, if they give you the opportunity to rate, please do rate and review us. Um, it, it at the very least makes us feel good about ourselves. You can talk to both of us on Twitter as well. I'm Nick Site, N-I-X-S-I-G-H-T, and James is... Uh, James Momb, M-O-M-B. Yeah, baby. So what was I saying? The, the, reason, I, the reason I started on the admin was because I was about to say something about Noah, and I can't remember what it was. Well, has he started crawling properly this week? Is that the big thing? You said he, got a big, he had a big week. He, he started crawling properly. I don't think it was that but i can't remember what it was um he started crawling still not quite properly and there's there's a problem with his crawling and that's that it it we talked before about how you're constantly if you're self-aware uh, to the distressing um amount that uh, you and i are james mm-hmm. 
And you and I, listener, probably, if you're listening to this, you spend a lot of time when parenting worrying about the impact that, that either you or your genes have had on your child. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let remind me and I'll cycle back to the genes thing in a second. And the thing I've noticed, although I have no idea what I was like when it came to crawling and stuff, Noah's 11 months old. A lot of his peers in roughly the same age group have been crawling for a little while. There are reasons why. There are very practical reasons why I think it's taken him a bit longer to do that. One of them is that because we've got dogs that are quite big and a limited amount of space and the dogs are a little bit the little one's a little bit unreliable and stuff. We don't tend to leave him on the floor in the living room, so he doesn't spend as much time on the floor as most children do. He's got his playpen, but it's it's not that big. So we think there's that, but also he's kind of lazy. He worked out very early that if he's on a blanket or something, he can get his toys to him. He, he worked that out in an unnerved... Like, he put that together really early. That's clever. Like, when he was about four months or younger than that, probably, he worked out that if he pulls on a blanket then anything on the blanket that's out of his reach will eventually get to him. People who haven't got children, that's one of the things that really surprises you about them, I think. uh, We've talked a little bit about how you measure every every single little development or whatever. You measure to an extent that seems strange to someone who doesn't have children because I know I felt it was a bit strange before. Well, yeah, they, they walk. That's what they do. We all learn it eventually. Baby deer do it from about five minutes after they're born. So. I still get it now. I, I tell people about the hilariously charming thing that Scarlett mm. said, and it's like, well, yeah, I've heard of adults say yeah, that. That's fine. Yeah. In so fact, that adults tend to have a narrative. Yeah. They like makes a bit more sense. She's not. Yeah, she's hilarious. Great. It's good. <laughs> but these weird little things, when you start, because you're used to, you spent a lot of time with them when they were effectively a, a very cute human-shaped potato. When they really just did eat and uh, eat and shit, and that was all they did, and they Quite weren't even eating proper, yeah, imagine. and they weren't even eating proper food, boob food, boob food, yeah. pretty much, because you spend a lot of time with them like that, you really start to notice how, and these are things that I'm not even sure most animals do. Like baby animals have to walk quite quickly, but animals go a lot on instinct, except for except for the few that do use tools. You don't really. The, the times when it, a child really seems unique and all you're really recognizing, I think, when you notice this stuff is, actually, that's weird. How did I learn to do that? These are things that we just Hell take yeah. for granted, but they're all fairly unique. To, a lot of them are quite unique to humans and primates. Um, and so he's uh, – so him pulling the, the blanket towards him was actually quite a big deal. Most babies don't think to do that till a bit later, I think. But he worked out he could get most things – to him quite easily and so he didn't have that drive to sort of like go and explore because he could get most things he was interested in to him but also he's not that interested in exploring and that's definitely something I think he gets from um, uh, Amy and I Is he is he happy just to sit back and watch a, an old Wicker's World or a Michael Palin show and go well I've watched them exploring why do I need to Kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, he sees a lot of things. He's happy to watch the dogs do stuff, and he mm. quite likes he quite likes stuff like that. He lives vicariously through others. Yeah, mm. which I do a lot of. Yeah, so, me too. Um, but the thing that's that that really, and I mentioned this in the mailing list, which uh, which you can get to, listener, 
by going to tinyletter.com forward slash 2GM. And you can read all of the previous uh, mailing uh, mailouts, mailing mailouts on uh, the 2G, um, on the Tiny Letter 2GM site, or you can subscribe and get it sent to you. And it, it normally goes out weekly, just not always the same day every week. No, I mean it comes to you eventually, though. It's... Yeah, eventually. Um, but yeah, so I think I, I think I kind of mentioned this already on there. But watching him crawl, most children do this weird thing where they push up from their back legs and their butts in the air. And their their backside's kind of in the air and they kind of crab, not crab crawl, but lobster crawl? I don't know what you'd call it. They start out doing the commando crawl Mm. when they're very small, which he didn't do. And then they start to stick their butt up and Mm -hmm. you can see that their legs are doing one thing, their arms are doing one thing, and they kind of find their way to things that way. Now, watching Noah crawl is quite an awkward affair. It's fun because he is achieving movement. He's definitely getting where he wants to be going now, which is quite good. But what he's doing is he's kind of pulling himself towards things. And there's this really peculiar combination. And I might be projecting a little bit. But there's really peculiar combination of impatience and laziness at play. And it makes it really awkward to watch. Because instead of actually crawling in an efficient way to get to things, using both sides of his body, what he mainly does is he kind of, he sees something he wants, he reaches out for it with one arm, realizes he can't quite get to it, so then pushes himself with the rest of his body, and then reaches out for it again, and then pushes himself with his body, and then reaches out for it. He's not, he's like... Well, I reckon I could make that in one go. Well, he's expending as little energy as possible. I'd rather... <sighs> he thinks he is, but actually it's taking him a lot longer and he's, he's, he's spending a lot more time on his face. And because what he's doing is he's thinking, what's the quickest way I can get to that? Just reach for it as, as enthusiastically as I can. And then, and then that's not working, so he just keeps doing that. And that's basically me. That's his, he eventually gets to where he's going, but he's, he thinks he can get there quicker, so he ends up slowing himself down. Can you prove that he's not trying to use the force? I can't prove anything. No. Uh, I, I so don't he's know. probably trying to use the force. We haven't tested his midichlorian levels. You want to get on that? Yeah. You should definitely do, <clears throat> do that before his first birthday. You said that they've only got the one religion in Star Wars. Mm. But in the first three films, sorry, the second three films, the first, second three films, they kind of make it sound almost like the Force is scientific, don't they? Well, it's a kind of scientific religion. Yeah, like sort of a... so Like Catholicism. Or Scientology. Yeah. A lot like Scientology. Yeah, absolutely. The Jedi are a lot like Scientologists. They are a lot like Scientologists. Uh, okay. Hmm. Hadn't considered that before. No, there's a thing. So, yeah, he might be. I don't know. One of the things I posted, we didn't get the chance to talk about it, and it's now, uh, it's been a few weeks since I read it, but one of the things I think I posted on the mailing list was an article by, I think she's the science science advisor on Orphan Black, which is a program about clones. And, and this lady, Kasima, I think her name's Kasima Shaw, 
is a cons- is a consultant on it, but she's written she's like writing these articles to go alongside each episode. And the one I the one I read was um, specifically about sexuality, but about nature and nurture and uh, DNA and the way uh, people tend to think of DNA as being like it's almost become like astrology. Like you get this thing coded into you and and all sorts of behavioural things end up getting associated with DNA when actually all DNA does is maybe boost the the potential for something to happen or the likelihood for something to happen, but it, it's unlikely to come out in behaviour. And I also... Following on from that, I read another article, a lot of the science of which goes right over my head. But, like, it's a trap that we fall, we probably fall into sometimes when we talk about nature nurture here. But it's one thing that really bugs me on TV programs and stuff where they um, suggest that changing someone's DNA can change the sort of person they are. And Now, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not entirely sure where I heard this. You're, you're triggering, triggering a memory in the back of my my head from the last week or so. Or I can't remember if it was a TV program, something I was watching, or whether I dreamt it, I don't know. But I'm sure I saw something where someone was trying to hypothesise about why, if the, if the, if someone was a clone of me, why have they got a different accent? <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. But yeah. I, don't, I don't at this point remember where I heard that, but I rather it, I rather enjoyed it. That might have been triggered by the show Orphan Black. You never, I've never seen it, so probably not. What the the clones are all played by one woman, and she's very talented at giving them different characters. Mm-hmm. But like one of them is supposed to be from London, I think. Okay. Or maybe Ireland, or possibly Australia. It's uh, it's kind of hard to tell. The American accents. All of the American characters have very different personalities and ways of talking. Um, but it's really amazing. But then the main clone is is supposed to be from England or Britain or the British colonies. Mm. I don't know. And she seems to have all of the accents at once. It's well, very the, confusing. Um, the, um, the American language gene is very strong. So. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Genetically speaking, Americans are predisposed to talk with American accents. Does she often also go, woo, we're number one? Because I, as I understand, that's strongly encoded into the American genome as well. Do you know what I think is quite amazing is I think the actress is actually Canadian. Wow. So like a nice American. Yeah. Yeah, like a nice American. Um, trying out a bit of that snark there for you. So, uh, so yeah, Noah's crawling. He's oh, the other thing that he's put together. This is one of those little things that people won't. Again, people who haven't spent lots of time around really small children might not think of as that incredible. He's got these. That's not my books. You know, that's not my dragon. That's not my yes walrus stuff like that. Basically, for people who haven't seen these, they're all written and drawn by the same people. I think. Um. And essentially, the reader on the front page establishes that they are looking for a particular creature uh, in the most famous one. I think it's That's Not My Dragon, although I could be wrong about that. And that's the one we spend most time on. So That's Not My Dragon. And on the front page, you quickly establish that the ways that you are going to be able to tell that these aren't the child's particular creature is because there are different areas of them that are textured that you can touch. Mm -hmm. So that's not my dragon. Its eyeballs are too slimy or something, and the eyeballs are, like, puffy and smooth and stuff. Uh, That's not my dragon. His tail is too Velcro. 
<laughs> that's not my dragon. His stomach is too corrugated, plasticky. That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's not my dragon. He's made up of too many recycled materials. Yeah. And, uh, and and babies kind of love that because of the texture and the pictures are very like, bold. I'll tell you what babies love. They love a crisp packet in fabric. Yeah. That's what they like. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, they like textures and, and crunchy like stuff like that. And uh, and so he's been playing with this book for a really long time. Well, they respond to it, but I mean, who's that? Would they respond to like if you put hand grenades in front of them? Would they respond to that? I don't know because you know? hand grenades do have those nobbles on them. Yeah, but you know, would they respond to um, if you put a yogurt out? They probably respond to a yogurt. He really does like yogurt. How do, exactly? How do we know um, that it, it's specifically crisp packets in fabric that they're responding to? Maybe, maybe babies just touch anything that's put in front of them, because babies um, are like feckless, drunken old men. I don't know though, because after a while they do start to find the bits of the page that aren't smooth, don't they? In these books. Well, that's because like most of what they feel is smooth. Like for example, their bum. Yeah, that's true. He spends a lot of time with his parts now. Yeah, there you go. So he's feeling a lot of smooth stuff at the moment, so it's nice to have a little bit of variety, isn't it? But the thing that he's doing... I'm sorry, I'm just trying to do science. Okay. The thing that he's doing in the last week or so that he wasn't doing before is you'll be sitting reading with him, and instead of like really annoyingly trying to open the pages the wrong way and stuff like that, because babies are pretty bad at that sort of stuff to begin Mm. with, I think... um, He'll stroke the he'll stroke the bit of the dragon that is textured. Our favourite is the Velcro tail. That's why mm. I mention that because it's really crun- like crunchy yeah, and yeah. nice. Uh, the the sharp bit of Velcro, not the other bit of not the soft bit of Velcro. Um, he'll stroke it and then he'll take your hand and he'll put your finger your fingertips oh, wow. onto the Velcro, which sounds really like not a really big deal at all except that he wasn't doing that for the first couple of months there's definitely something going yeah. on there and Amy um, it's like he's sharing with you that's really exciting yeah. Amy uh, Amy said it, it said that it's uh, it's like it's like the first signs of really working out empathy for like, sure he knows that it feels a certain way to him mm. so he's thinking that it'll feel a certain way to you which is a connection that babies don't they're not born with that understanding no, no. of the world so it was quite it's quite cool and endlessly fun oh it's lovely like, uh, watching that he's also started singing kind of except he's not really very good at it he's got uh, wheels on the bus go round and round book he pressed the button in the bottom right hand corner or sometimes now he he moves your hands to press the button he presses the button and then when it gets to the bit round and round he goes ah awesome ah and uh, he gets, whenever he goes down for a nap, we sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star to mm. him. And apparently, he hasn't done it to me yet, but apparently he has started kind of going, when Amy takes him up. He's not as into that as he is. The wheels on the bus go round and round, though. Scarlett's managed to get to the age now. I mean, our go-to or my go-to is You Are My Sunshine. Oh, I like that song. And it's a bit she's creepy, got, though. She's got, yeah, and she's got to the age now where she can sing it back at me sarcastically. Brilliant. Yeah. She's learned sarcasm. Oh, but funnily enough. The, f- the funny thing about sarcasm is learning sarcasm in the first place is something that you can pick up really early. Mm. Learning that it, it isn't always that good a substitute for an actual sense of humour, a lot of people never pick up at all. No, well, well, you know, if she's me, she'll probably be able to get away with it. Yeah. Just through charm. Yeah, maybe. 
Oh, I see what you did there. That's very <laughs> clever. Yeah. I was also employing irony, I think. But I'm not well, sure. it's good because an awful lot of irony has been out of work uh, since the uh, austerity measures yeah. in 2010. Yeah, that's true. We stray into politics and then I get a bit confused. So what's been going on with your week? Uh, we had a big week. Um, Thursday um, was our first big day. Not only was it my mum's 70th birthday, um, which was lovely, um, uh, she spent the day with, with Nikki uh, and Scarlett. So you got out of that then? Well, I was working. Um, okay. Scarlett went to school for the first time. Oh, blimey. On Thursday. They're having, um, or they offered us the opportunity to have a series of um, acclimatisation visits. So over the next few Thursdays, Scarlett's going to be going to school. We wanted to get none of the kids from her um, nursery are going to be going to the same school. So we wanted to oh. give her an opportunity, um, A, to get to know the school, and B, obviously to get to know some of the kids that she was going to school are with. Are they all so, going on the same... Well, there's a few that haven't previously been, but also they have their own nursery, mm-hmm. and all of those kids will be joining the reception class I see, so. at the same time as her. So she's getting to sort of integrate herself in the group. She loved it. Um, she was a little bit tearful when Nikki dropped her off, but Scarlett's really into doing puzzles at the moment, mm-hmm. she, and she's very good at them. It's, it freaks me out watching her do puzzles. She sort of just sits there very quietly, especially when she's done a few times, because she's just remembered the patterns in her ahead and does them so quickly it's kind of frightening her problem solving ability seems to be quite quite sound actually I'm, I'm quite impressed with her um, and it's something that makes you quite hopeful it's very hard not to sit there and think especially now she's getting to that age where she's going to be going to school I cannot help getting into that mindset oh right good you're a problem solver that's mm-hmm. good hopefully you know you'll be good with numbers then if you're good with that and you start putting stuff together um, which is potentially quite dangerous um, yeah, yeah. I I think the only the only real hope I've got for Scarlett is she has. I want her to enjoy learning as much as I do as an adult, mm. and wish I had had a bit more of a thirst for it when I was younger. I like to find things out, you know. I like to talk to her about things. It's interesting um, to me. Um, so that that was good. There was there was. It looked like there might be a bit of tears. So she played with the puzzle. Um, she was also very excited. For some reason, they had a bouncy castle at the school. Do they always have that, or is that just a curry favour? So. That was uh, probably um, to curry favour, um, but that that was very exciting to Scarlett. So I think Mum and Nicola were slightly emotional, and actually Nikki Nikki kind of took me aback Tuesday and Wednesday, the days leading up to um, to Scarlett having her first day. Nikki, Nikki surprised me by how emotional she was about the whole the whole sort of first day there, and sort of this first step of really genuinely letting go. This sort of very special period that you get in the first three or four years of their life before you're sending them off to get indoctrinated every day at school. Yeah. So are you saying uh, this was surprising because Nikki's normally quite emotionally cut cut off? Yeah, she's usually a very cold, um, very cold person who doesn't really let on. She's very much like living living with a rock. No, not at all. (laughs) I am definitely the more emotionally driven Uh uh, individual, um, but I was surprised by how strong Nikki's sense of loss was. Mm -hmm. I think that's what, what... shot me the most it was sort of quite it was quite upsetting because I'm really keen for Skull at the start school I can't wait to be honest with you I'm looking forward to the conversations about what she's done at school helping her with her homework and that sort of stuff it's great it's an opportunity to get involved with her it's brilliant mm-hmm. you know um, I'm looking forward to developing like critical thinking and so forth it's sort of I'm, I, I enjoy the process I get to communicate with her 
on an increasingly sophisticated level, and I enjoy that. It's, it's for example, uh, this weekend we went to the library again, um, which we always enjoy. Scarlett and I have our little our little trip out, which we enjoy a great deal. She's I, I love spending time alone with her. She's very amusing company. Mm-hmm. Makes um. I was going to say she makes very amusing observations. She just makes observations, but I'm so beguiled by her. Any observation she makes is is marvellous to me. But um, we picked up some Roald Dahl books. And last night, for the first time, I've actually started reading a longer-form book to her that isn't a picture book mm-hmm. that she's actually dialed into and she wants to read. I started reading Roald Dahl's The Twits. Oh, my goodness. And... Um, We've had a little bit of trouble sort of reading. We've tried Wind in the Willows and the Wolves of Willoughby Chase and so forth, and she's really had trouble dialing into them. I think the problem is they're they're written in... They are slightly anachronistic in, in terms of the way they're written. It's a very old, stiff and formal style that maybe suits a slightly older child. Get to it, James. What you're saying is they're not they're not disgusting enough. They're not disgusting <laughs> enough. Whereas Roald Dahl, Scarlett lives with me. Scarlett has uh, a very keen sense of toilet humour. So the twit, she friggin' loved the twits to the point where I'd put it down to read some more the next night. She'd been unsettled, and what settled her down was having another short chapter read to her. That's quite cute. Which was really good. So I'm really happy. But that was. Reading to her is very difficult. I had such a busy weekend. Friday night I made the mistake of um, when Grandma was down, or Grandma and Granddad were down on Thursday, they took Nikki, my wife, to Ikea, and for Scarlett's birthday they bought her a cabin bed. All right, I saw the picture on Facebook. Oh, fantastic. So I made the mistake of when I came home, promising her that I'd, as long as it wasn't too difficult, I'll put it up for you tonight, Scarlett. Mm-hmm. Didn't get to go for my Friday night swim. Oh, man. Unfortunately, because uh, it took me slightly longer than I had intended, but... She's probably taken a couple of years off your life right there. Almost certainly, but the, yeah. But the cabin bed went up Saturday night, which was fantastic. That's all that matters. But it, So that was a sense of pride. But, and I didn't get stressed out. Sometimes I get stressed out with DIY, but it's, I, I have to say, Ikea, as long as you still your mind and follow the instructions... You have to follow the bad. instructions. But it does all make sense. It all went together. Then on Saturday, library, and then some gardening. And then on su- Sunday, Scarlett and Nikki went out to Scarlett's best friend from uh, nursery's birthday, fourth birthday. And I decided I was going to sort our bedroom out. We had I had a large um, computer, flat-top computer desk um, that's been in various rooms now. Um, since we've had Scarlett, it was in our bedroom, and it just takes up too much space, makes our... A room feel really small, so I got shot of that, and I customised a um, a bookcase we had. So I put a load of cable management holes mm. in it, and I've repurposed that to put our TV and stuff in. So um, instead of doing what I should have done when Scarlett and Nicola went out, which was masturbate frenziedly, frenziedly till it almost hurts. Yeah, I ended up doing DIY and then cooking the tea for that night. So, so one sort of DIY. I'm I'm literally just about to finish the final job. I'm just doing the washing up, just finishing off after after um cooking the meal for that evening and I, I thought to myself, well now to go and finish myself off. Just as the front door went and Nicola and Scarlet and apparently it's bad form to go, Can you two fuck off out for fifteen minutes? We'll have a wank. So um fifteen minutes, that's not bad. Well to be honest with you at the moment it takes somewhat longer, but schoolboy error really, you should start with 
the yeah wank. I suppose so I feel like such a fool uh, so you had quite a nice weekend we I, did Ikea on weekend. Sunday actually lucky Ikea and I, I thought we'd be there for about uh, I thought we were there for most of the morning but it turned out we were only there for an hour but I was I, we kind of decided that we had a very strict list of things we were going to look at, look up like a, a new sofa and a kitchen table and stuff uh, that we weren't going to make a decision on. We realized very quickly that we don't know how how big enough. We don't know the house we're hoping to move into well enough yet to actually buy stuff right now. So I was like, yeah, we'll just have a quick look at stuff so that we know what it looks like when we're looking at the cat- catalog on, online. And, uh, and no, we ended up staying for much longer than that. But apparently still only an hour and a half. So we also got the paddling pool out again on Saturday. Lovely. We had our first barbecue of the year on Saturday. We'd been wow. slacking. So mm. that was nice. It was lovely. And there was a uh, farmer's market in Bedford Place in Southampton on Sunday, which mm. was very pleasing. We had a nice time there. Noah out in the sun in his funny little hat. And the dogs behaving surprisingly well. Good. Which was really nice. Um I, uh, I, I, I've talked a, a, a bit about entropy in the last couple of weeks. What we won't do this week is we won't get into how oddly depressed I'm feeling at the moment. Mm. Um, odd, odd because, I mean, I've been a bit, you know, I've, I've, every now and then I get depressed normally situationally what's peculiar at the moment is there's not really anything everything's kind of good mm. well everything in life is really good except for this house hanging over us which is mm. probably really the big thing um but everything at work is like average there's nothing bad going on which is normally it's normally work that yeah, causes yeah. it for me um not this job this job obviously has never caused that problem for me but like in the past sometimes uh we'll maybe talk about that we'll maybe talk about on and off I think we talk about our mental health issues mm. <laughs> anyway yes. like uh, it's one of the themes along with mm. 80s TV and um, and our kids sometimes and masturbation uh, but that's a big subject so we won't yeah. we won't talk about that uh, this week as I'm sure you'd have stuff to say uh, that would make me feel all better James almost certainly but yeah that's much more than a 15 minute conversation so maybe we'll keep this week short how about that uh, I do need a wee as well I'd quite like to go home and prepare for more World Cup watching. I'd quite like to go home and cuddle my son. Yeah, I'd like to go home and cuddle my family too. That'd be nice. Oh, I had my first, I had my first bath with Noah the other day as well. Yeah, that was cute. I saw. Really, I didn't post pictures of it, did I? No, but enjoy it while you can. It doesn't last very long. It was. It's a bit contrived. Mm-hmm. It was very. It was fun, but it wasn't as practical as just giving him the bath. No, but anyway. Enough. He did this thing, and I guess you've not had this, where where he's playing with himself quite a lot at the moment. Mm. Most of it, he was sitting facing away from me, but then he was sitting facing me, and it's the first time because he's seen me naked before. But mm. it was the first time he kind of he kind of reached out for my mm. bits, and I said, "No, no, no, don't do that." And he looked at me quizzically, looked at looked at my bits again, mm. and then looked down at his own, and sort of, and there was a moment of recognition. Hang on a minute. I've seen a tiny one of those before. <laughs> um, but again, Dennis that's... is like mine, only smaller. Yeah, mm. uh, uh, that's almost definitely a good a good point at which to stop, isn't it? Um, 
That's what she said. Thank you, listener. It's always good to speak to you. That's I th- lame. I thought Nick was going to do the out he does from the other podcast. On the other podcast, I'm going to I'm going to draw back the curtain. Now he can edit this out. I'm going to draw back the curtain. <laughs> Whenever we end the other podcast, because we have people contributing, Nick always ends with "Thank you, listener. Thank you, contributor." Thank you, contributors. Yeah, because uh, we don't know. So he gives himself an edit choice, but it's really weird to sit across the table and listen to. I in, however, what we've been doing it five years, and I've still not really got used to you doing that. To be fair, we still haven't really got used to recording podcasts. Either, no. We? Do you think after another five years we'll get good at it? Maybe if I last another five years, I'm very old. Yeah, yeah no, I, I need to. If Scarlet makes me build things and I can't get down the swimming pool again. I mean, that's all. It's every single time she makes you build something and you can't get down the swimming pool, it oh, takes another two years I, off. I really hate the fact I didn't get down there on Friday. It really burns me. Um, uh, the My my uh, mental health issues probably also include very mild... I, calling them mental health issues is a bit overblown. They're not really that bad, but... Um, there is a very mild I, my relationship with food. I know we've talked about it before, but it's a whole few more episodes probably. Um, my relationship with food at the moment, and with knowing I need to get fit but not mm. really doing it, um, it's probably all tied up together, and they're, it's all really dysfunctional. So, a uh, listener, if you've got any advice for either of us, or you want to say anything about uh, about the show, or anything about any of the stuff we've talked about at all, uh, even if it's just the stuff about cartoons or whatever. Uh, please do get in touch. Uh, that address again was 2gmpodcast at gmail.com. 2gmpodcast at gmail.com. Again, try and subscribe to the mailing list if you don't already get more junk mail than you really know what to do with. Uh, I'm Nick. He's James. And I guess it's time to go. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.